Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to another episode of But Am I Wrong, starring two people who have never once ever been wrong. I like that energy. Thank you. I'm overcompensating because I'm asleep inside. Holy. How are you? Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. Now I'm freezing. We started today where i was like so fucking hot and sweaty and changed into a tank top and shorts and now i put on pants 
and a long sleeve. Ironically, as you were saying that the sun just came out very bright. Yeah, the sun's now coming out here again, too. So maybe I will have to strip on the podcast, which good thing we're on Patreon. Check us out. <laughs> uh, maybe you'll see a titty. Wouldn't be the first time. No, they they pop out. They pop in, pop out unannounced. They're a welcomed <laughs> intruder. <laughs> titty intruder. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this podcast, uh, we've got many segments on here, but really what you need to know, the through line of all of this is we're Megan and Melissa and we are never, ever wrong. And therefore, we have a podcast, which is far more credentials than most of these men with microphones have. You know, some of them, they do have points. Yeah, some of them. And I say they're good points, but they have points. No, no. Yeah, they have points. They have voices and they mm-hmm. have um, audio tracks and they have microphones. Um, sometimes they're, they have good microphones. Sometimes they don't. Um, and do you know what they, most of them have? Bald heads. Yeah. There are two guys that I think are funny that have microphones and they're not. They, they seem like on the surface that they're toxic males just from their appearances and accents, but they're not. Frankie and Joey. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Frankie and Joey. There's a very Uh short list of men who are on the podcast. And Frankie and Joey are up there. Yes. Uh, They, without a doubt, are. They're very funny. They're really, really, really funny. I think they Mm -hmm. do a good job um, of, like, their content. Because, like, they're just, like, Nick and Schmidt energy like the whole thing yes. like it's that, just that's exactly what it is that's why, and that's why that's it exactly works it so well because frankie's like obsessed with joey and like loves him so much and he's like oh my god stop like <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me and they're just so funny not to give a free promo to men but uh they they're they can have it this is just proving not all men <laughs> Not all men, which is funny that you say that because my um, one of my topics I'm talking about is a lot of well, not all, and I'm like, pipe down, simmer down. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how do people participate, Megan? So we do love an audience participation. So we've got three different segments on this show, and we will obviously say our opinions, which are also facts, but we solicit yours we would like to hear your thoughts if you agree with us if you disagree with us so we post all of the circumstances situations things we talk about on each segment on the instagram story for our podcast account and you can vote on who you think was wrong in each situation and you can also send us some words with it like if you disagree with what we said or you have some other insight or anything like we love or you agree with us like we love to hear like other people's thought process when hearing like the same things that we hear or see or deal with um and yeah it's a good time head on over to the instagram uh my (laughs) my apologies for not posting the one for for posting one far later than i've ever posted one before uh melissa and i just realized today that i never posted it like i 100 thought that you but a lot of people wrote in about one specific thing so i think that's why like they mm-hmm. already just shared their thoughts on it and i think that's why i thought you had already posted it because i thought they were responding to that but they're not they're just being ahead of the curve good job for them all right here's our update 
First, apologies, Melissa, for misspelling your name. Thank you. So this is from an episode that this person was with a group of their classmates and the classmates had said something about someone being adopted and them out finding their parents and why they weren't there. So this is an update to them. I ended up FaceTiming Mallory because I wanted to make sure nothing was getting miscommunicated. For some context, her text also accused me of misremembering things that was a quote-unquote private conversation. I made her repeat in front of the group, etc., which made me angry that she was only seeing that I was attacking her and not how hurt I was. So I wanted to have the last word. Over FaceTime, I explained that by repeating something, you are at some level co-signing it. So it's kind of a cop-out to say that she doesn't take accountability for the original statement. I also explained that already referring to Allie as, quote-unquote, the adopted girl comes off as derogatory against part of her identity. Like, Allie is a bitch, but let's just call her a bitch and be done. We don't have to insult things out of her control. That's just low. I also told her her message was really upsetting and didn't give me a lot to move on from, wasn't productive, and she told me that she meant it to be attacking because that's how she communicates when she's upset and feels attacked. Since we're graduating, I ended up just wanting to be done with it. I've definitely lost a lot of trust in Mallory and honestly don't see our friendship continuing as is, but I, I hope she's learned something and can grow. She did say she talked to John, the originator of the comment about it. But for me, it was more also about her being my friend and her behavior and treatment toward me. Also, when I went individually to the others and they were immediately apologetic, embarrassed and gave me full heart to heart apologies. So this might just be a her problem. So. Wow. They all seem still seem like they suck. Whatever. <laughs> awful like yeah no I meant it to be mean like I like I was trying yeah fuck them yeah since you're graduating you know you don't have to see these people again anyways all right well should we get into our first segment but am I wrong and what segment is this Melissa that is when you and I Megan picked something from our own personal lives that could be Something that we might have been wrong about, a hot take, a rant, anything that's really grinding our gears right now. I'll go first. Since it's still technically spring, my hot take slash rant slash, but it's like all the the segments of, of, but am I wrong? All the different things it could be. This is all of it. It's time to do some spring cleaning for friendships. Love this. I have a friend that I used to enjoy her company and I've recently realized that every time we're together, she spends 95% of the conversation complaining about things that she sees as injustices in her life, her other terrible friendships and how her work is never fair, even though she's self-employed. And at this point, I'm like, she has to take some responsibility because There's no way that like the whole world is just against her and there's no reason that she should just be this miserable because she just, she always seems like the victim 
in everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand. And we were recently somewhere and she snapped at a fellow patron that was there because actually, it really doesn't even matter. She just snapped at this person and was really rude to them. And then afterwards, she sought out some people at this venue to talk to the manager and was trying to get like free stuff out of this, even though it was in no way the venue's fault. It was just this person couldn't find something and she was mad about it. And they were, in her view, getting in her way. And so the venue was like, I mean, I guess I can give you like some free candy or something. (laughs) And she wasn't satisfied. And she's like, but like, what are you going to do about it? And this is a place that I frequent a lot. I told them, I was like, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Like I apologize for rudeness and stuff. And I was just like, and then I told her, I was like, you don't need to snap at them. And then I was like, maybe this is actually how she is in her everyday life. And this is why, because it was like one thing and then another thing. And I was like, maybe this is why (laughs) she feels like the world is against her because she's actually just like a rude person. And like I said, like she spent our whole time together, like going into the place, talking about this job that she took where she where she knew that she wasn't getting paid the fair amount. And she was like, yeah, but it's going to be good exposure. But then was complaining about the whole thing. And this is how a lot of our conversations go is like she just feels like she in her career that she is just not being taken seriously. And so like this woman is older than me, has been in her career for 20 plus years. And I'm just like, it can't just always be someone else. And then also it can't always be that like that your friends are just always so mean to you. And it can't always be that like, the world is against you. There has to be something else. And I've, I've asked her, I was like, why are you still friends with these people? Blah, blah. She always makes excuses. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm just tired. Like I was going to this place thinking that I was about to have, I had a terrible week last week. Like, and I thought I was just going, this was going to be something where I could decompress for a second. And it was just like one thing after another, after another. And I was just like, I am mentally exhausted. She and I realized she never asked me how I, I was, was doing. I was about to ask you that. Yeah, I re- she never asked me how I was doing because, you know, I would have mentioned that my aunt had passed away. Like I was not in a good like I really was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fun. She also had invited herself to come along with me to this thing. Like I hadn't invited her. And then she like, you know, she didn't even like say, you know, like, what are you doing this weekend? If she had said that, I'd been like, well, I'm going out of town. Like she never asked anything about what was happening in my life. And I was like, why am I still friends with this person? Because this is how all of our conversations are. Like, I don't think that she knows that much. Like it's a one-sided friendship. I'm a friend to her and she's not a friend to me at all. And so I'm going to have to like sit down and and talk to her and be like, this friendship is over because she's not the kind of person that can just ghost because she's going to (laughs) keep sending messages and texts and calling. Like, so, yeah. So I'm just saying, if you feel like you're in a one-sided friendship, it's time to get rid of them. (laughs) And that's what I will be doing. Yeah. And I've known this person for years, at least like, 
five years, at least five years. That friend, I, I was talking to you about like a friend circumstance situation that I had had a couple weeks ago that was mm-hmm. like this. And everything you're saying to yourself now was like what you were saying to me. You're like, they didn't even ask you about like all of this thing. Like that's a very one-sided stuff. And like, it's hard to like recognize it. And then sometimes like, yeah, going out in public and seeing how they treat other people. It's like, oh, this is a character flaw. Like this isn't when you're only hearing things through other like their lens and stuff like you don't see how they behave in the world. Then it goes like, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. And I hope that the ending of it goes well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how else it's going to go well for me either way. No, I don't. Because I. (laughs) And yeah. Because when I'm done, you'll just disengage. I'm done. Goodbye. Yeah. But yeah, no, spring cleaning is cycle. I need some, I should do some psychological spring cleaning too. It's a good call. Yeah. I do need to do the physical, but I also don't want to. I know. I wholeheartedly understand. I feel the same fucking way. (laughs) I'm like, I really need to do this, but like, that doesn't sound fun. And unless something's fun, like, I'm not going to do it. You know what's really fun? Using our little Bissell. That's fun. So maybe I just need different toys for different things and it'll make it more exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, your turn. My but am I wrong is I hope to God not a fucking hot take. You know what I really hope it is, Melissa? I hope it's a revolution. (laughs) I hope I'm about to change the trajectory of personal dining moving forward. Okay, well, this has me intrigued because I have a lot of thoughts when it comes to personal dining, but go on. I think it's time that we give the respect, the accolades, the time and attention that fondue deserves. Okay, I agree. I, so the melting pot was like one of those things that like, one of those restaurants that was a birthday place that you would go in Marin where I grew up, it would be like, are you going to have a a hotel birthday party where like you get a suite and like everyone stays there and then you are are you into the the melting pot for dinner with like friends and then like go do something else or are you gonna do both like it was a place first of all it's dinner and a show and you are the show like it's benny hana but you're in the driver's seat you're behind the counter like it gives you something to do. It's so fun. How fun on a date. Like that's something to like do with your hands. I love an activity. I think it's a I think it's criminal that they stopped that or that they only give children things to color when you're waiting for your food. Like, I think everyone should be given crayons and things to color with. I would prefer colored pencils, but like, I'll take a goddamn fucking crayon. But like fondue, what happened? What happened to fondue? Where did the trend go away? And I think what the real renaissance needs to be because... At a restaurant, it's fun, but you can't have a really great turnover because you have to spend the time for your food to cook. So like it's you're there for a while and it takes a while like to, to get full because you're cooking and you're eating like it, it's, it's a long process. So I think we need to bring fondue machines into the home similar to air fryers. I think I should be able to <laughs> post up on my sofa with a TV show. And I should be able to have a little stand and a little fondue there you right next to me. But like that should be, it should be the norm. Like it should be something that we implement back into our lives. Like I think the idea of like an after school snack, I can't have like, can't have cheese, but like people who can, 
imagine an after school snack. You just you turn on your you have fondue, cheese fondue is an after school snack. Dessert, fantastic. Dinner, wonderful, amazing. The real crux of this to me is why I'm so desperate for this to become a personal dining product is because right now, the only place where I'm seeing fondue machines get the love and respect they deserve is a place that I think they have no business being at. And that is weddings and large events with multiple people dipping their things into a collective vat of liquid. No, 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 no. Charcuterie boards were nasty enough. You have your grummy little fingers on lukewarm room temperature, sliced cured meats. I, I was not okay with that, but I tolerated it. And now you're going to dip, dip a piece of bread into a communal vat of cheese. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to stick that whole thing in your mouth. You're going to get your little tongue germs and your mouth germs on your skewer. And then you're going to fork another piece of bread and dip right back in there. Criminal criminal. And I'm afraid that people who are on our side, anti-communal charcuterie boards are going to become anti-fondue when in reality, fondue is just not in the environment where she needs to be to thrive. She has been miscast. We need to bring her back into the home. So as someone who grew up going to a lot of charity events and to banquets and things, I love fondue. fondue was the norm <laughs> at these events. Until one day, a little kid stuck their hand in the chocolate fondue. And I went and told him. Good. Then after that, after every after every event after that, they did, then started having a staff member man the station where they would tell them, like, you know, here's your scoot skewer. You know, you only use it for one thing. And then you throw it away and you get a new. So there are ways to do this okay. in in the uh in the mainstream of weddings and things space. if if you have someone that is monitoring it. So it can be done. It's the same person who is going to save the Vegas buffets. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's that role. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Uh because as a child, I definitely would have stuck my hand in that. I mean, it's a whole thing of chocolate, of course. Like as an adult, like that's also why I want a personal one. I yeah, want to be able to do that. And you can do it all, do it all you want to. I also do like, like hot pot and shabu shabu, which there was a place in downtown, downtown that I would go. This is before I met you. Every birthday I was at this place. I, thank you for clarifying that you're like, I wasn't depriving you of this. We didn't no, no, know no, each no. other yet. And I actually, I would go multiple. Uh, anytime somebody would come to town, I was going there. Mm-hmm. And then they, got rid of the parking lot and started building something there, something else there. And so then the patron, because there was no parking downtown, there was literally no parking around it. So the patronage of it dropped. I even forced some people I was working with to take me there on a birthday, even though I was going there later that day. Now that I remember that. Double dipping twice in one day. But they would have, you know, you would get the meats and do the, do your uh-huh. meat and stuff, but then they'd also have cheeses and then also desserts. So you get a whole tray of like cakes and cookies with chocolate and it would be like matcha and I don't like that and white chocolate, don't like that either, but regular chocolate and, and Nutella and stuff. And so it's like the same thoughts behind yeah. it. Great. I love it. There used to be an infomercial that had like yes. fondue so at home. 
that fucking machine, I either had one or... It's so hard to clean. (laughs) No, that... So that's the thing that, like, I just think we need to revolutionize this because I need it to look luxe. I need people to want to put it on wedding registries. Like, I don't want this to be plastic. I don't want it to be bright Mm -hmm. red. Like, I want this to look classy as hell. Like, this needs to be a a gorgeous item. I need Le Creuset to to make one. I I, I need Cuisinart. I need need KitchenAid. Like, I well, need Cuisinart this. does make one when I typed in. That's the first thing. Is it ugly? No. The proof of concept is there. First of all, people loved fondue when it was in its heyday. Mm-hmm. But also between hot pot and Korean barbecue places where you're doing your own meats and like marinades and you're putting things on there. Like people love an activity. Right. Give me the reins. Like let me do this. And also... I'm pretty sure you waive all of the liability because you're like, if you eat something undercooked, that's your goddamn fucking fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I'm looking at the pictures and most... Oh, no, this one is nice. This is a $100 one from... uh, This looks like Food 52. This one looks cute. Yeah, that's kind of... Did you see the one that I sent you? I texted you? Oh, no. I'm on to not disturb. We need to find a way to make the... The fountain. It's the fondue fountain. The fountain looks looking luxurious mm-hmm. you know like call up the per- whoever designed the bellagio fountain <laughs> can they design a new fondue fountain because i just think that she she's she's ready for her resurgence like we're rebooting every tv show all of the trends are coming back in when is it fondue's ter- turn this is a question okay we're gonna take a break <laughs> Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So 
I, uh, we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break and we're getting into our next segment which is, but are you wrong? Where you listeners write in and submit the predicaments in your life, the situations where you're like, "Mm, unsure, am I the hero? Am I the villain? Was I wrong? Would I be wrong? Am I currently wrong? And we tell you. So you can submit it to buttamirongpod at gmail.com. You should keep it under 300 words. We do ask that you, it's obviously anonymous. So if you're going to be talking about other people, give some pseudonyms, some things that help the story be told and include your ages for people involved. All right. So here's mine. It's pretty funny, but sad, but funny. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck is that kind of intro? (laughs) I usually don't even intro it, but I just... No, I know. I was like, I'm like looking for where that says that. And I was like, what is going on? This is me. This no, is that's Liz, you're off the cuff. I it says, hi. And I say that because they put two H's for the I. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Last night was the finale for Vanderpump, which I have recently started watching following the scandal drama. I watched and my husband, who is not a fan of the show, sat in the room with me. <laughs> Later, when I tried to initiate sex, context my husband was leaving for a work trip the next day so this was the last night we had to connect for a while this was met with my husband saying i don't really think i'm in the mood after what i just had to listen to he then went on a long rant about how morally corrupt the show was and how terrible it made him feel to even be around it i felt shocked and belittled as well as upset at the implication of what that meant for me if it was so terrible, he couldn't stomach the thought of having the thought of sex after. What does that make me for being a fan? Am I wrong for feeling this was unfair to me? I respect his feelings on the matter, and I understand that this kind of content isn't for everyone. But the context of when he decided to bring this up to me was really hurtful and made me feel undesirable. I'm not upset about us not having sex last night, but about him waiting until a vulnerable moment to unload all of this on me instead of stepping out of the room while it was on or asking that I watch this after he leaves on his trip. Thanks for all that you do. Love the pot. Sincerely, I should have just watched Ted Lasso. That's the funny And they say men aren't emotional. (laughs) (sighs) What? Well, I mean... I, I, as y'all know, I used to be like heavy into all the housewives. I watched every, well, most of ev- all the franchises, but then I was watching so much that it started making me feel sick and angry because I wanted to fight with people all the time. And so I can personally, like, I can understand how it could like get somebody not to be in the mood to have sex with you. Maybe he, um, wasn't when y'all were sitting down watching it maybe he wasn't thinking about like how he would feel sexually later or if you were even even going to initiate sex like that might not have been on his mind and so that's why he didn't 
there wasn't a, like another time for him to bring it up because he wasn't thinking about the future. And so I, I mean, like you feeling undeserved, like you just like he's entitled to his feelings. So are you. So I don't think you're wrong for feeling like undesirable, but and and hurt. But I can understand where he's coming from. Without a doubt, I am. I'm him in, in this, like, not in this situation. Like, I'm fully writer. I'm 100% on your side. But that is because I understand your partner. And so, like, I think he could have gone about this in a very different way. So I have only gotten into the scandal, like, through fucking TikToks and shit. And I watched the reunion. And Moss was asking me, he's like, oh, do you want to start the show from the beginning? And I was like, no, like, the, I don't think any of them are, like, good people. Like, I really don't. I have no desire to watch it. Like, we tried to watch one season, like, the beginning of Salt Lake City Housewives. And we got through, like, an episode, like, m- maybe all the way through. And we were just like, I just don't get... I do not enjoy watching some where I can't root for anyone. Like, the mm-hmm. only real, like, Bravo reality show that I have gotten into from like conceptually like I'm sure there are ones I could get into if I started them and like watch them and like there are like you know redeemable characters and it's not just like people fighting and like being terrible to each other but was below deck because and like Mats and I were surprised like and we realized like oh it's because the people the charter people like who are coming on like the guests they usually fucking suck and so the other people they might be bad to each other shitty to each other but there's always going to be there's enough people there that the goal is not to create drama. The goal is them doing their job and like watching them do that. So I fully understand like his point of view. Like I wouldn't watch, I don't like watching things that are in in the same vein of like morally bankrupt, but I also don't like watching TV shows with hard drug use. I also Mm -hmm. don't like watching (laughs) war movies. I don't like watching things that are like abusive level of violence, like excessive nudity and not necessary thing like those are all things I like do not enjoy watching even things that are too loud and like the the audio is done in a way that's supposed to be shocking or horror movies I don't enjoy watching I don't even like watching things that look cold so like (laughs) I don't even like perfect example I don't like watching things that are underwater because it makes it me feel like I am too aware of my breathing like there are so many things I don't like watching but it's my responsibility that if it is if it is something that I know that I take with me that I carry with me or I have that much of a visceral reaction to it if it's not something I can just turn on my phone and like you know zone out do my own thing then it is my responsibility to like let the person know that like I'm going to remove myself from the situation. I'm not going to tell you to turn it off, but like I'm like I don't want to watch this. This is like really like this makes me anxious. This is like uncomfortable, especially things that have like a fast-paced soundtrack at this point. Like my heart like rate will just spike and it's really it takes a long fucking time for it to go down and it's really uncomfortable. And so Mats will be like, "Oh no, no, like we can just like switch it." So for me, I think if you're jumping to writer, like jumping to the the whole like morally bankrupt and thing I'm assuming a lot of the stuff he said was like how can anyone fucking watch like in a way that it felt targeted but I do think that he's not wrong for feeling that way he is wrong for not removing himself from the situation or bringing it up to like talk through with you at a later date because I think that there is a lot more nuance in things that are seen as like frivolous and catty or like specifically targeted like to women like 
a lot of the stuff that like blows up or gets popular, like is just drama and stuff. But like, I mean, I've talked mad shit on Vanderpump Rules and I've seen a lot of TikToks of people who are like breaking down like the nuance of like young women who grew up watching the show and like siding with one of the guys and thinking that the woman really sucked and going back and watching it and realizing that like you were hating her because you were watching a woman like set boundaries. And as an adult, you're able to like kind of look at that. And it was like all of these like nuanced things there. And so I'm sure if he engaged you in a conversation with it, you would have not co-signed awful behavior, but also would have been able to share with him like the things that you enjoy about it, even if it's something as insignificant, quote unquote, as being able to unplug from your life and things that are so unrelatable to you. But I just think shitting on something that someone else enjoys, it's just like not like a kind thing to do. And we do it unintentionally. And so like to intentionally do it to me, I think he's in the wrong there, but I don't think he's in the wrong for how he was feeling. But maybe maybe you're right that he just didn't realize it until that moment. I don't think he Mm -hmm. could predict that it would make him not want to have sex. So I don't think that that if you're asking him to have predicted that, like now he knows, I don't think there's any way he could have predicted it. But if it's really not sitting well with him, like that's his responsibility to remove himself. But it, it also might have been like he was sitting there, like this, like the writer said that like this is their last night together before he was going out of town. And maybe he was like, you know, I'm going to sit here and watch this because she wants to watch this and this is what we're going to do before I go out of town. And then he didn't realize how much it would actually weigh on him. I don't think he went about it in the right way, but also like, again, he couldn't predict how he would feel in that moment. Yeah, I guess like I just I mean, for me, I can only go for like my own experience, but I'm like, I would have to be watching it, watching it, watching it to like take it all in to be affected by it. Or I would be on my phone and then I wouldn't be able to like hear it or you know what I mean, like I would have been if I'm like staying there, but I'm like doing something else, then I would have been into that thing or I would have been watching it. And I think like depending on how long he was watching it, too. But I also think a lot of people are right. Like they don't want to, they think doing something for someone else is the good, is the nice thing to do. But if it's not going to, if it's going to put you in a bad mood or like, you're not going to enjoy it. Like I would then just rather (laughs) not do it as a shared experience. You know, Mm -hmm. I also think that it could also be projecting, but I don't think that either of you are wrong in the feelings, but I think that he could have handled it a lot better. But now, you know, now you know that Vanderpump Rules isn't going to get any pump for you. You've got to, you know, watch something a little less morally corrupt. And the funny thing about that is that they, on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, one of the women called this other woman the morally corrupt favorite. <laughs> so it's just funny that he used that language when that is like a, a term that is a part term. of of Beverly Hills specifically, which is Vanderpump Rules oh, yeah. is a spinoff from that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of them are good people, but I also think that they're not when you're when someone makes a TV show about like it's the most accurate I've seen of like an LA TV show of yeah. a reality show. People like that. I'm like, you made it if you made a fucking TV show of me and my friends in LA when we are like 20 years old trying to none of us would look like good people like it's mm-hmm. it's just it's the vic- you're victim of circumstance and like it's just a televised yep and then if the tv the cameras are constantly in your face you don't have that experience of 
growing up outside of it. Like you're going through your twenties and thirties and now, or some of them are thirties and forties, like they're in their early forties. And it's just like, you don't know what it's like to be an adult without this. Yeah. And apparently the ones who've like gotten kicked off the shows, like they're the ones who now when they talk about things like, oh, it's so clear they've gone to therapy and like they've removed Mm -hmm. themselves from that situation. And they're like, oh, it's a bubble. And like, I wasn't able to grow without it because you're rewarded for being awful. Uh Uh-huh. It's odd. All right. Well, your turn. All right, ladies. I need to know if I'm wrong to be annoyed here. My boyfriend, he, him, 31, and I, she, her, 27, have been together for five months, but officially boyfriend, girlfriend for one month. He posts me on his Instagram story on occasion, but he didn't post anything on my birthday. He posted something for his friend, and he posted something for his cousin's birthday, whose was a day after mine. Am I wrong for being annoyed by this? I know it's petty and silly, but it means a lot to me. Like, I always do it for close friends and former significant others. Let me know your thoughts or if it's worth bringing up to him. Thank you. Okay, so you meant you did it for when you were in relationships. Like, if you're posting on, like, happy birthday to my ex. (laughs) Wonderful. Love it. I mean... I don't think you're like wrong to be annoyed, but I, I think it's like circumstance. So like my friends who don't like live near me, if I don't see them on my birthday, like those are people who are more likely going to post something about my birthday. But like the friends who I'm spending my birthday with, like they're rarely posting something about my birthday because we're actually spending quality time together. It's I think of it kind of in the same way as like sending someone a card, like thinking of you. It's like, I don't have to send you a thinking of you card because I'm not thinking of you. I'm spending time with you. And for significant others, like I do appreciate when like someone will like, yeah, not someone, I don't have multiple significant others, but like I appreciate when he does that. And I think it's like sweet and I, 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 I like it, but I also... I would have like a, do a double take if a, a like a long distance friend didn't post anything way before I would do it with then my partner if I was with my partner. But if I was not with him and we weren't spending time together, then yeah, at that point it is social media's currency. And sometimes it's like social currency, but also it can be relationship currency where you're not spending time together with someone and it's a gesture to show that you're thinking about someone. So I think even if you spent time together, I don't think you're wrong to be annoyed by it, but I would figure out what, why you, why before you like bring it up to him. Yeah. Does he post you in everyday she said he things? Does. Yeah. So like if he didn't, then that, that would be the issue with me. But I'll say like personally, I literally got off Facebook because I hate it when people, we're like, why didn't you post me for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not like I literally saw you in person. Like, this is not yeah. real. But if this is something that is important to you and he knows that, then I do think that that is a little, you know, hurtful. The The complaints that I was getting were coming from people that it, it's not the same situation. But if he's doing it for other people, is he doing it's it hurtful. for other people? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's hurtful. So like if he's doing it for other people, then yeah, it's hurtful. Then I don't think you're wrong. But if he doesn't do it for anyone else, then I mean, he did it for his cousin two days after. A couple yeah, days yeah, so that's, that hurts. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like if he didn't do it for anybody else, then it's like okay. But since he does do it for other people, then yes, this 
you're not wrong for being upset about this. Yeah, I think he might view it as like, oh, I didn't see them long distance. So like, that's who I do it for. But it's one of those things that like, even if it's something that you're like, oh, that's not my instinct or like, that's like, I don't need that from someone else. There are certain things that are like so fucking easy to do that please your partner or like is a way that you can show your partner that that you care about them and they tell you that this is something that they value. And it's easier to just do it because it's the easiest way where it's something that you don't even have to think about. It's not a lot of fucking effort. And it's someone telling you like, oh, this makes me feel really loved and appreciated. I think it's really fucked up to be like, I'm not going to do that. When it's something mm-hmm. that is has no fucking skin off. It's so fucking easy for you. And you're like, really that? Like to me, that's like a throwaway. It's nothing. And it goes, well, fantastic for you that you now have this thing that you think of so inconsequential, so easy, so simple, so basic that you can do that you know makes your partner like happy and like feel good about them. But refusing to do that like on the principle because you don't think it is valuable. I I think that's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah, I would be annoyed too. And I've not in relationships, like romantic relationships, but I've been this person before in other relationships where it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to take a break. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back from our break. And now it's time for But Are They Wrong? And that's when we pick somebody in the world, in the news, in the headlines that was wrong. And we share it with the class. Oh, tomato, tomato, tomato. All right. So mine this week is Clifton Williams, a 64-year-old man from Louisville, Kentucky. He accused his roommate of eating their last Hot Pocket. Clifton attacked his roommate and started throwing tiles at him. And then the roommate ran outside and Clifton got his gun and shot the roommate in the butt. And so he was arrested on assault charges. Williams is prohibited from contacting his roommate, but uh, has non-life-threatening injuries. And his bond is set at $7,500. I have have so many questions. How long have they been roommates? Do they know? Is is this their only relationship? Uh, Is uh, roommates, was this out of the blue? Like, this is such a... Was this a mental health emergency or was this, what was the lead up to this? A hangry event. Is this a... a, (laughs) You ain't my hot pocket. Like, I'm so, because I'm like so... Yeah. I have questions too. There's not a lot of write up on this because the victim roommate has not come forward to, with any identifying information. So we're only hearing the police report at this time this is fresh news from yesterday so hot off the press yeah you know we talk about things of people having guns and you know passing background checks and all of that for like people who are like school shooters and mass shooting but also the the constant threat of any interpersonal conflict that you could have that it could be escalated to violence with a deadly weapon. Yep. And then you get shot in the butt over a hot pocket. Hot pocket. Dude, hot pocket is having like some fast, like immediate recon meetings being like, how do we switch up our SEO? They, They're calling I mean, Tree they, Paint, they, Taylor Swift's publicist, <laughs> and being like, how do we, please don't how do we woman. do this? 
And the Hot Pocket was just coming, just came under some scrutiny because uh, they've gotten rid of their little, the little condom you put it in before you put it in. Before I'm, you put I'm it in the microwave. There's a, it's like oh, a that, little that, that, that little, yeah. They reformulated the, whatever, the, the crust. So then now they're crispier and then less waste and people were so shook. So the pocket doesn't need a pocket. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a big loss for the HP community. So damn, they really are on high. They're like, <laughs> we need to catch a win. Right. Stat. Who do you think? Do you think that they'll have to get a spokesperson? Who's like the most? Shit. Oh, you know, I love that. But I was going to say, if they've got a Gen Z, they're getting Ronald from Jury Duty mm. to do a hot pocket endorsement. He's not Gen Z. I'm saying like uh, if a Gen Z person is on the team they'll they'll gotcha. get someone who's like new and like someone who's very topical but mm-hmm. i would personally love you know as shaq's number one fan i would not be i would love solo shaq but i think shaq would do a wonderful job with ronald i think as a duo together promoting hot pockets they could do the every man and then the there is nobody else like me man earlier today as i was trying to find a news story I came upon a, a lot of videos. That's why Shaq was top of mind. A lot of videos, little kids going up to hug Shaq, like just in awe of him. And they're like, I love you. And it'd be like, security's like, no. And Shaq's like, no, come over. I love Shaq. Shaq supremacy. You know how much <laughs> I love him. And I think everybody, I, I put him in, comp- I put everyone else in competition with Shaq. And I'm like, just give up already. And you're like, they're not trying to be Shaq. <laughs> Anyways, that's, wild thank you for sharing with the class i also hope the person who stole the hot pocket and was a victim of this crime receives a lifetime supply of future hot pockets yeah they make this this person limp in with their bullet booty and they're like they're with shack it's them with shack that's (gasps) who it needs to be oh yeah fuck ronald you know you're right and i know they're not listening to this um and i'm sure their doctor will suggest but for any um but depending on the location any butt ailment donut pillows oh yeah are a wonderful invention the bbl community no listen when i started seeing those i was like oh my god representation for my fellow broken tailbone girls no No, it was bbls and i was like solidarity and however i can take it you're (laughs) fucking strolling up to the nail salon with your donut pillow and me in sixth grade carrying it around to every single class i feel seen in this even though one of these things was a choice and the other was not i'm trying to imagine you with a bbl uh it's hilarious to be honest so my nomination for the Rachel of the Week is the Teachers Off-Duty podcast. So I saw a clip on TikTok and I stitched said clip. And I wholeheartedly stand by what I said. It's about Megan Trainer. The clip is not about Megan Trainer, but I made it about Megan Trainer. So this podcast, I guess, from my research of this, is kind of like a rotating cast of different teachers, teacher influencers, people who are social media presence. And so it's not like a, a, a constant, not like you and me on our podcast. It's like they have people kind of like a panel coming in and out on every episode. To me, that is uh, 
that's not a like saving grace for like, oh, that makes this like better at all. Cause it makes it worse to me. Cause I go, so you have your pick of all of these fucking teachers and these are some, this, you work with these ones regularly and you have this not committed to this. Like no one is, you can use anyone you want to use. Like these people didn't start it. You don't fucking need them. Um, but these teachers are kind of using it in the like, well, we didn't edit the clip. Like we don't. Mm. So it went viral on TikTok. I'm not going to, I stitched one from, oh, well, I was going to give credit to the person I stitched because I wouldn't have stitched it without, I, there's no stitch for me to stitch without their original video, but they took it down. So I guess I will shamelessly <laughs> promote my TikTok, but they are discussing kids with IEPs. So one of the women on it says, talking about children who, quote unquote, barely qualify for IEPs. And she's airing her frustrations. And IEP stands for uh, Individualized Education Program. It's a rigorous thing that involves like an entire like committee and references and people that a lot of people, it's really hard to get an IEP. So there is no barely qualifying. Like you either qualify for an IEP or you don't. And there are people who don't qualify for an IEP who should qualify for an IEP. Like this isn't a, oh, you're just skating by. Like, oh, you're just struggling enough that meeting these accommodations. And it's like, by law, you have to meet these accommodations. And again, still, a lot of the time they are not upheld. And a lot of the time, schools do not have the resources for them. Teachers do not have the time and education to do that. But the difference is being a student with a disability is not a choice. Being a teacher is a choice. I think teachers deserve to be paid exponentially more. I think they are in nearly impossible working situations and conditions. And I think that better working conditions would make teachers be better teachers. It would also foster people to stay within the career. They would be happier. They would be, they deserve to be far more, far better compensated. But ultimately, at the end of the day, teaching can be a calling, but it is still a choice. So to view the like, I just have to vent about these things and unload as like a, as, as a teacher, fine to do to a therapist, but to do so publicly, you're complaining about something that you might not be able to control your school environment, but you can control if you are going to be a teacher or not. Like that is a, it's an opt in but you don't opt into disability. So the guy then goes on to say that he, the best thing he loves when they have like a parent teacher conference and he can call the parents in and talk about their student and say that they're D-U-M-B, but they can't even spell it. So they can't, the kid can't know. And then he laughs. Oh my gosh. And they all laugh. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it literally was like a double take moment for me where I was like, you're fucking, you're fucking kidding me. Because I have, oh yeah, so he said, talk crap about the kids there. You know, because you could be like, this kid is dumb. I'd be worried about him knowing what I'm saying, but he can't spell. So these teachers then, first the account issued an apology. <laughs> so their first apology they did on their TikTok, which take in mind, the clip was posted from their official account. This wasn't someone who went and pulled this section from 
it on a different platform. Like they legitimately they use this to promote the episode and use it, promote the episode and upload it. Uh-huh. And these same teachers on this podcast, I don't know if it was the exact same ones on this podcast, but this podcast and these teachers also when Megan Trainer said fuck teachers in the context of Trisha Paytas talking about how she was severely bullied by teachers and Megan Trainer's husband was as well. She spoke far too generally. She should have edited it, whatever. She said that. Um, but the teachers were coming for her being like, you should have edited that out. Like the fact that you didn't edit, like you stand by it. I'm like, okay. So they posted a like written statement, multiple slides on their TikTok. Dear valued listeners, viewers, and followers, we recently posted a clip from an episode about a parent-teacher conferences on Teachers Off Duty podcast that included conversations in which we regret, regret that our words and thoughts were not chosen carefully. You do choose your thoughts, Tim. Uh, <laughs> we know this conversation has caused pain and we apologize and take responsibility for everyone that it hurt, whether it be a student, parent, or fellow teacher. As teachers, we always want to advocate for our kids and educators always try to keep them out of harm's way. Unfortunately, during the recording session, we fell short of that understatement of the fucking year. Additionally, looking back, a joke was made that upon listening to your concerns and reflecting, we see was wrong and in poor taste. Often we use comedy and humor on our podcast that we hope listeners understand is never intended to be malicious and though intentions weren't meant to be so, the impact it left was. While there may be hundreds of other published episodes in which we show and express our support and how we advocate for our profession and our students, this one failed to do so. Thank you to everyone who called us in, like, for us to get an opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Then the woman and the man who were the two speaking in this segment, they did apologies, quote unquote apologies. And the first apologies that they did, because they both since had done second ones, heavily stressed that the clips were spliced together, edited together, and taken out of context. And the guy had the audacity to say, in the actual podcast and then shows like the clips for like shows like it in it goes so we are talking about IEPs here and like a full like minute and a half later like we even like read an ad break or some shit like that like I'm talking about like this here and like it's not even related and I'm like no no it's like literally the same thing like it's the whole theme of the episode like that's like legitimately what you're talking about it's the same conversation like but even if they weren't related he's still calling a student dumb it doesn't, even if it's completely unrelated, it doesn't matter. Well, that's what I'm like, it's never unrelated because you're talking about being a teacher and interacting with a student. Like, that's the whole point. So it's like, oh, well, no, 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 no. I wasn't calling a student with an IEP dumb. I was calling a different student dumb. And it's like, well, doesn't matter. you can't do either of those things. So they both have like since issued second apologies. But also I think they both should clearly if you need to vent about your job and your work to the point where it is detrimental for other people, specifically an op- oppressed group of people and a marginalized group of people, you need to get out. That's your sign that you need to get out of your job. Like you have to, like it is, if it's weighing on you so much that you need to do that in a public setting and you need to laugh about, you need to laugh about that. You have an ability to change this. They do not mm-hmm. have an ability to change. You do. So in that moment, you have to fucking remove yourself from that situation. And you also do not get to use dark humor and coping at the expense of other people. The only thing you can have dark humor about is your own experiences. And you do not have an experience with IEPs, even as a teacher in that sense. Unless you are a student with a disability or you are a parent and advocate for it, you do not get to joke about students with IEPs being dumb. Parents can't even joke about that. As a student, you can, with an IEP, Mm -hmm. you can joke about 
your own level of like, but you can't make broad statements about what this means for other people. Like you do not get to do that because you have by proximity, you feel like you have a grasp on this. It's fucked. Like it's yep. just so fucked. The fact that they have all of these teachers rotating, coming in and out has made it hard for people to even find the specific teachers who've talked about this and like find their accounts and like who they are because they're kind of a little bit buried. And the one teacher who, when I was watching it, I was like, who is this? Because he started doing all of these clips or no, he started like stitching the things and like talking all about it. There was one guy who was there and kind of like laughed along. Yeah, Mr. Williams Preck on TikTok, who laughed along, didn't say anything really, like laughed along, didn't participate in it, and has made the most effort of it and has been the, had the first apology, like had a, a true heartfelt apology and was like, I'm mortified. This is needs to be a learning experience for me. And has even said now, like, I need to step away from the internet for a bit. Has like, we're doing things of like, I'm today, I'm the student. Like, I'm learning about this, this, and this. And, like, did you know this? And he's like, I'm constantly learning about these things. And he was a bystander. And to me, that is like, okay, that is where I look at someone who had a horrifically awful, horrible time in school. Like the, um, I was called stupid by teachers. Like I had all this, like when Megan Trainer thing happened, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, as like, what do you mean we're taking this out of context? Like, I feel like anybody can understand that like, there are really, really, really horrible and awful teachers. Like mm -hmm. there's a teacher that I had who slapped, like punched a student and still works at school. Uh, a teacher who threw a desk at an elementary school, one of my elementary school classmates still works in school. It's like, there are horrible, awful, awful fucking teachers. And the idea that like, we can't say that, you can't say that, like teachers go through so much. I'm like, I don't think you, don't associate yourself with these, like with, with this at all. Like you, the idea that you can't call that out because it then negates any of like the hard struggles that teachers go through and good teachers go through, like the, the system does not make you ableist. Like I do strongly believe that the education system is not built for neurodivergent or disabled kids. Like it's not, it's really built for people who do not need a lot of assistance, like in the traditional school system, but it does not, you don't go into a, being an educator as a advocate for students with disabilities and you don't walk away being ableist. Like that's a choice that you you have. And there are shitty fucking people who get jobs and they make them worse fucking people. Mm -hmm. And I think about it in the same way that I do like shitty medical professionals. It's like this hero yeah. complex that you can't you it's can't say complex. anything. Yeah, you can't have any critique of it. And you and if when you come for them, it's like, oh, well, you you try doing what I do for a day. And I go, but so are you telling me then? that you say these things, you call kids dumb, you do all of this stuff because you have to, because your job is so hard. I'm like, who's requiring you to do that? That's a personal choice. There are some people who should just not fucking be teachers. And mm -hmm. there are people who have the calling to be teachers. And I think there are a lot of people who would be fantastic teachers, but there's not a lot of support there. So then they decide to not be teachers. And so yeah. then you've got a lot of fucking people who are like, I'm power hungry. I love to, uh, I want to be an authoritative figure. Like I want to call the shots. I want to have control. 
I want to tell people what to do. I want to have all of that. I want to feel like a fucking ruler. And I'm going to do it even though the circumstance and the situation does not foster uh, an environment where I can do a, a lot of good in educating people. Like I would, va- I'm valuing the power. And like, it's just really, really, really fucked up. And I know the circumstances and the situations in which like we can foster better when teachers have better support in and outside of the classroom, they will be better teachers, but it does not make people bad teachers. Mm -hmm. Like it is your job to advocate for your students because also like I needed an IEP without a fucking doubt, but like you have to have parents advocating for you and teachers advocating for you. If you do not have both or either, if you don't have both like that, in my case, if you don't have both, like you're, 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 you've reached a wall. And I don't like look down on any of my teachers for not trying to fight harder for that kind of stuff, because I know that their resources aren't there. But those were never the teachers who were calling me dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a huge distinction and a huge fucking difference between all of those things. And you should be fighting back against the administration for things that are not fair and that are not okay. And you see injustice happening all the fucking time. So like, why would you contribute to that when it can be avoided? Like there are things that are out of your control that are not fair to the students and are not inclusive and are not okay. And that will weigh on you. So then why would you create those instances yourself? Mm -hmm. Like if I was, if I was a student, if I was a parent, I would pull my kid out of that class, write the superintendent. I would so fucking fast. Right. So, so fucking fast. So Lily and Jesse, their podcast, uh, Do We Know Them? They talked about this. Her son is autistic. And she talked about one of the hardest things was that for a lot of parents, your kids aren't necessarily able to explain what is going on if something were to happen at school. So you have to trust your your, your teachers to be forthcoming about information. And so when you find out, a lot of parents will find out that their children are being abused, mistreated at school And they find it out a long time afterwards because their kids cannot express that and convey that and let their parents know that that's what's going on. A whole other level of of fucked up. Like you're understanding what someone is being said to you and then you can't, you're unable Mm -hmm. to communicate that to the safe adults in your life that the other adult who they think is a safe adult is no longer one. So fuck those teachers. They do not deserve their fucking jobs. They should not work in schools or with children or with Children with disabilities or without fucking disabilities, with or without IEPs. They should not be working with students, period. Nope. 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 Okay. Well, that is it for the episode. We hope you enjoyed. As always, leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. You can also review for the individual episode. Check us out on our socials. And you can always tag us on TikTok on Twitter, Instagram, if you see something you want us to talk about or slide into DM and be like, hey, we'd love for you to talk about that. Everybody who's like, Megan, are you going to talk about Taylor Swift, Matty Healy? No, uh, he desperately wants attention and I'm not going to give him yet another platform for that. There are so many people who are talking about it wonderfully and giving lots of insight. When people are trying to control a public narrative, I do not enjoy participating in someone trying to, you know what I mean? Like they're, this is a goal. It's a goal for people to talk about this and create discourse. And there is no fucking way I will ever create, create a discourse where people feel comfortable defending 
Nazi behavior. It's not going to happen. It's not going to fucking happen. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.